0: I heard a heard a um, I heard a joke the other day, and all of us did, but thought it was quite funny. It says that a woman, um, an old lady, said that she was uh, she was so mad at her father for voting for Joe Biden. If you voted for Joe Biden, I'm sorry, but uh, said she was so mad at her father for voting for Joe Biden that she said she'd never visit his grave again. And uh, isn't that unfortunate? I mean, it said she'd never visit his grave again. And so, Lord help us tonight, let's turn over there, let's turn over there um, to the book of uh, Luke, to the book of Luke, um, and uh, see if we can uh, mark some things off. I'm going to start saying that, because that's the only joke i ever laughed at me about. Yeah, the jokers laugh at everybody else to say stuff. I, I, I said, one of the jokes that was told down there, by James Knox told everybody's bawling laughing. I said, man, I've already told that joke in the pulpit, nobody laughed at me. I mean, um, uh, um, let's go to the book of uh, Luke, chapter 11 um we'll try to um try to see what the lord has for us tonight um and uh, then we'll get into our business meeting directly after um so we'll try to move quickly and we'll try to move sensitively um, through the spirit of god um and so let's ask the lord to help us lord we love you we thank you god for the offering that was received we thank you, God, for how you've been good to us and how you've given us the time to come together once again. Help us, Lord, to glean and uh, learn from these words uh, of Scripture tonight. And I pray, God, that you would help us. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says in chapter 11 of the book of Luke, verse 1, You may stand, more will reverence the word of God together. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, Say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine, and his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And Ephraim within shall I answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, and I, shall, I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is a friend, yet because of his importun- importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seeking ye shall find, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Uh, thank you for standing. If somebody don't mind getting me a water, uh thank you for standing this evening. And we'll preach what the Lord has said um, to us. Uh, I preach uh, this message not because I have it all right either. I want to let everybody know that. Uh, I, pre- I don't preach it because I have it all right. I- I'm far from where I should be. Uh, But I preach this message because of that, okay? I preach this message because I'm far from where I should be. And and we could all be better at praying. You agree with that? I know I could be better at praying, much better at praying. I could be uh, much more faithful to my prayer time than I am. Uh, And I don't know about you, but I desire in my heart this year to pray more than I did last year. I have that desire in my heart, and it's a genuine desire, thank you, uh, um, uh, that I have in my heart. And it's clear um, that the passage we read this evening... uh, is on prayer. It's on prayer. It's on faithful prayer. In verse 1, the Bible tells us, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, uh, so we see that Jesus was praying in a place, uh, and Jesus was praying in that certain place, and when he had finished praying, uh, his disciples looked to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us to pray. Teach us how to pray. We need to know uh, how to pray, and I pray that you would teach us to pray. And, And so... Prayer is needed today. It's needed today more than ever. And it's very, very a central thing of religion. Uh, um, You know, the the Catholics probably pray more than we do. Because they have to call out the Hail Marys. They have to do that stuff. I'm talking about the bona fide Catholics. The one that... That, that continue on with it. And I tell you, is that uh, prayer Prayer is, is very important. And this is given a model prayer. Uh, it's not a prayer that the Lord prayed. I ain't saying that He didn't pray it. Uh, it's not the Lord's prayer as we've given, uh, but it is a model prayer. It's a model that the Lord gives us. It doesn't mean that it has to be, uh, you have to get in there and you have to say, uh, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But what it is, is it's a foundation for us, it gives a foundation of how we should pray to the Lord in an everyday realm. And so if there has ever been a generation that needed to intercede with the Lord, it's our generation. And that's the truth. It's our conversation to God, Um, yet we we don't even talk much. We don't even talk to the Lord uh, as much as we ought to. And most would probably be embarrassed uh, to admit how much you pray, including myself embarrassed to admit how much we pray, I'll pray 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, an hour a day, uh, there's still 23, and you know what I'm saying, I'm just just getting to this point, and I believe that this can help us, and it can challenge us this evening uh, to pray more, I'm going to preach on this thought, Lord teach us to pray, Lord teach us to pray, I want you to notice with me, I'm going to walk these verses down, and you stay with me tonight, all right? Um, number one, I want you to notice the desire needed to pray. Uh, the, in, in verse one, the, the disciples look at him and said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Uh, and so there's a request that the disciples give him there, uh, obviously to teach him, teach them to pray. And the disciples have just saw Jesus praying. Uh, could you imagine seeing Jesus praying? Uh, imagine seeing him praying and uh, I could imagine as he was praying they were seeing the relationship uh, and how he had the fervor and the realness uh, um, that he had with his father uh, as he was calling out unto the Lord uh, he was calling out unto one who he knew was real uh, one who he believed in uh, one who he trusted in one who he knew that could get him through uh, because he was there because he must be about the father's business uh. and so he was there and he, they didn't say Lord uh, you teach us to shout you teach us to preach uh, teach us to talk, to walk, to run uh, to do all those things no they said Lord teach us to pray they said Lord teach us to pray they had a desire to learn how to pray uh, and man I have that desire this evening to learn how to pray the disciple had a request and then the disciples uh, had remembrance as they looked and they said teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples Now we probably remember John the Baptist by saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We probably remember John the Baptist as he looked down the road and he seen the dusty trail and out come Jesus and he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which take us away the sins of the whole world. Uh, We probably remember John the Baptist as a baptizer because he was John and he baptized a bunch of people. Uh, And we probably remember John the Baptist flipping around in the womb uh, as Jesus was in the womb of Mary. We probably remember those things. Uh, um, But when the disciples remember John the Baptist, uh, they remembered how he taught his disciples to pray. That's how they remembered him. They remembered how he taught his disciples to pray. And I tell you, friend, this ought to be our desire—not uh, to be known of men, but to uh, be known of God. And we need uh, to grab hold of his desire to pray. We need to grab hold of that—not just men, but ladies too. I'm telling you, we need that desire tonight. We need that desire tonight. God help us. The desire needed to pray. Secondly, I want you to design, notion. The design notion to pray. He says, uh, and he said to them when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, will be done uh, as in heaven, so in earth. And so he goes through this and he mentions all of these things. And here the Lord gives the model prayer. Simple, right? But it's profound. It's profound. And this prayer is not showing us how, how we should pray every time as a repetition. It's given us a good foundation. It's given us a good foundation to start. Notice some things uh, shown in this prayer. And we could take it to heart, friend, this morning, we could use, this afternoon, and we could use it. I want you to notice, number one, the person in our prayer. He says, Our Father. Can I get a little bit of sound? Our Father, which art in heaven. Our Father. Isn't that important? The word Father there uh, here implies a relationship. And it implies not just your father, but my father too. Our father. It's a, it's a household of faith. And it's a, it's, a, it's a legacy of faith, a community of faith. And he says, our father, which are in heaven, if you, were, if you want your prayers to be answered, you must be born again. You must be born again if you want your prayers to be answered. Uh, it, it also tells us where He is. Uh, it says, Our Father which art in heaven. Uh, he's in heaven. He sits on high. He looks down low. Uh, and He knows what you're going through this morning, this afternoon. Amen, Amen friend. The person in our prayer, uh, it tells us of His position, the position of this person. Uh, the Bible says, Our Father which art in heaven, uh, hallowed be thy name. Uh, he's holy. He's holy. We must keep it ever present in our mind uh, who we're talking to, friend. Uh, We're not just talking to the Pope. Uh, We're not just talking to to, uh, um, some other person, but we're talking to the God of heaven. uh, The holy God of heaven uh, that stood on top of nothing and created everything. Uh, That's who I'm talking to. uh, And we must come to Him in fear. Uh, We must come to Him in reverence. Uh, We take it lightly often, but we serve a holy God, uh, and He needs to be addressed as much Amen Amen, friend Uh, His position he's hallowed uh, and His prominence uh, the Bible says uh, hallowed be thy name Uh, and when you go to the Lord in prayer we must remember friend uh, that the only access uh, that we have to God is through Jesus Christ uh, and that's the only access that we have uh, the name that's above every name uh, and that's the only way that you'll get God's attention Amen. We must call upon him under his name, under Jesus' name. The Bible says, for there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. It is Jesus. That's the only one that's going to get power. That's the only one that's going to get answers. There's power in the name of Jesus. And we must call upon his name. Amen. His prominence. It tells us his perspective. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. It talks about the future there. And I tell you, friend, giving concern to God's kingdom in your prayers. It's important. Now, this would be in line. It's praying for the furtherance of his work to be done. Practical, right? The church, the saints, sinners, praying for those types of things. That's praying thy kingdom come. That's praying thy kingdom come. And I believe it is also praying that the Lord would come. I believe it is, but oh come Lord Jesus, that's what we need to be like. Uh, We need to be looking and longing for His coming, because one day He is coming. His perspective is pleasing. He says, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Don't you want to be in the will of God? Don't you want the will of God to be done in your life? Amen, I know I do, and we must pray that way. Amen, we must pray that way. Now line this up with your prayers and tell me, who will do you really want to get done? Line it up with your prayers. I'm talking about every prayer you pray. Think about it and think, man, I pray more for my will than I do for his will. You might say, oh, thy will be done, Lord. I pray your will be done, Lord. And we might pray that. But, man, I bet you we pray more for our own self than we do for him. I bet you we do. And I'm telling you, that that's the thing. So whose will do you want really be done? Your will or his will? I want his will to be done in my life, and I know you do too. I want his will to be done. He said, thy will be done. Amen. And so there he is, simply the person of this prayer. Then there's the petitions in our prayer. He goes through and he says, give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we forgive others, everyone that is indebted to us. So he goes through this, and so we need, when, we need, when we're going to be praying these petitions, we need to pray physically. We need to pray for a physical side. He says, day by day, give us day by day our daily bread. That's food. It is. It is. And there's no shame to pray for your needs. Amen. Matter of fact, he's promised to supply them anyways. Paul said, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He said, my God will supply all your needs. Rest in him with your needs. The Lord will supply them. He will not lie. Amen. Let him do what he said he would. We need to pray physically, friend. Thy will. But but there's only one thing. There's only one small little verse that deals with our physical needs. Then it goes and gives us a big verse about our spiritual needs. Our sins are mentioned. It says, forgive us our sins. Right? Forgive us our sins. Now, we must all seek God daily for the forgiveness of our sins. I mean, daily. I don't know about you, but I do it more than once a day. I mean, repentance. Recognize repentance and restoration, remission, however you want to lay it out. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from our righteousness. It doesn't say you can just do whatever you want to do. Don't worry about confessing them. Say, so confess your sins. He's faithful and just forgive your sins. And that's important, friend. Recognize it. Repent of it. Uh, and have remission. And have uh, reconciliation. Or however you want to name it. Uh, uh, our sins are mentioned in this verse. And they need to be in our prayers. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you. I said a whole lot more than I ought to. My prayer automatically gets longer when I start talking about my own sin. I'm telling you. And then, not only our sins are mentioned, but then other sins are mentioned. He said, and for for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Everyone that is indebted to us. Now, vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Amen. Amen. I need to say it again. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. We must forgive we must forgive. And when, when, when you will not forgive another, bitterness, anger, rage, anxiety, depression, all that stuff comes up. It come, most of the time it comes for unforgiveness. You look throughout scripture and tell me if I'm lying to you. That's not, I'm just telling you is that every one of those things will typically raise their ugly head and you'll never be more like Jesus than you are when you forgive. You'll never be more like Jesus than you are. Look at the debt that he forgave you. I mean, the fact is, those who are forgiven, forgive. Amen. I don't think in any way, shape, or form anybody in here is holding a grudge on anybody. But I tell you the truth is that there ought not to be any Christian upon this earth that could ever hold a grudge more than a day. I say that. That's God's honest truth. That's that. I mean, that's preaching to the pew, friend. That's preacher to the pew, is what it is. Uh, but, but I mean, thank the Lord. I, I'm 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 not a grudge holder much. But, the fact is, is that look how much He forgave you. The Bible says, be ye not angry. Um, I can't remember all those things. Ephesians tells us about that verse, but. Ephesians 4 verse 32 tells us at the end of that verse for that Christ for that God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. And so it's very important. And i tell you is that the Lord chastens those who do not forgive. Matthew chapter 18 verse 31, there's the Lord of the harvest. And it's not God, but it's a parable that the Lord has given. And the Lord of that... Um, says, you know, he gives money to a man. If you remember, I'm just trying to give you a little overview of it. There's In this parable, this Lord gives money to one of his servants because he needs that money. He gives it to him, and he, but then he owes him that, and he can't get it back to him exactly. And so another one of the servants needed money from that servant, and that servant, and, and well, excuse me, this servant owed this servant some money. But the one that just got the money from the Lord... Ask him, where's my money, if you will? And the Lord gets mad because he done forgave his debt. And, and so it's practical. It's very practical. And the Lord chastens those. Uh, and he said, you'll be in utter, dis- uh, utter damnation. Let me turn over there. Just for, just for our sake, okay? Matthew chapter number 18. Verse 31, the Bible says, So what his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that, he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you. If you from your hearts forgive not every every one his brother their trespasses. There's not one Bible one Bible verse in the Bible that gives you liberty not to forgive. I'm just laboring here because I believe the Lord wants me to. But I'm telling you the Lord chastens him. And he gives him, he said he sent him off to the tormentors. That's some serious stuff, friend. That chastening could be the torturing of the things that will uprise from unforgiveness, such as bitterness and anger and resentment, et cetera. Not saying the Lord caused it them, but the torturing of the loss of fellowship will, got, will will sure will surely cause things. The loss of fellowship from you and the Lord will cause some anger. It will cause some resentment because oftentimes it's something that we did and we know we'd take some time to get it back. We must pray spiritually we must pray spiritually and then it goes through and he said lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil we must pray psychologically this deals with the mind this deals with the mind everyone is going to deal with temptation but no one has to fall to it amen God doesn't tempt a soul to sin and we must pray that God will lead us not through the paths of temptation pray that he gives us wisdom and discernment to avoid those paths I mean, for instance, it's it's very simple. If you have if you've had a drinking problem, you're not going to go sit down in a bar. It wouldn't be wise of you, right? And so, so that's that's kind of what it's saying here. Let, that lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. And so, so not to not, don't go to the places that if if you're I mean if if you've had that that. Pray God would give you the wisdom to avoid those places like that, etc., etc., etc. And so that also goes along with the last part of the verse. Deliver us from evil. The fact that we ought to pray that God would hedge us. We ought to pray that God would keep us from sinning. Amen. Amen. We should have a plea today. Lord, help us to pray. Amen. Lord, help us to pray. Then there's the praise that's in our prayer. There's the person, obviously, there's the petitions, there's the praise. It's in our prayer. Now you understand this this ended. But Matthew's gospel tells us, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory. Amen. And so I tell you, Matthew's gospel adds a little bit more to it. I mean, we must, we must not forget to praise him while we're praying. Amen. I mean, um, He's sovereign. He's all-powerful. He's glorious. And and think about who He is. I mean, think about what He is and give Him the glory for Him. It's important. It's important. And I read, I've been reading some books by uh, Ian Bounds. Uh, He does some books on prayer and and, um, Ian Bounds has some phenomenal books and I could get them for you if you need me to um, great great books on prayer and I've been reading this book uh, um, The Purpose of Prayer and, and and this book it says he says in there he writes down a quote of another man Joseph Addison and this is what he says he says through every period of my life thy goodness I'll pursue and after death in distant worlds the pleasure theme renew through all eternity to thee a grateful song I'll raise but oh eternity's too short to utter all thy praise you know, eternity's too short to tell God how much he means to you. I don't know about you, but eternity's too short for me to tell God how much he means to me. He's it's too short to tell him how much his word means to me. It's too short. And eternity's forever. I understand that, but it's still too short for what he's done for me. He saved me from hell, friend. I, that's too short to praise him. I must do it now. I must do it now. Don't forget to praise Him while you're praying. If you run out of things to pray, just start praising Him for who He is and what He's done. And there you'll never stop. You'll never be able to stop when you start thinking of all the things He's done for you. Amen. Amen. The desire needed to pray, the notion to pray. Thirdly, uh, there's the desperate need of prayer. Verse 5 and 6, And He said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend? Uh, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine, and his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And so there's a simple look that that, that goes with this, and, and um, there's the inconvenient task that's shown in these verses. An inconvenient task. You notice what he said, and he said unto them, Which of you shall... Have a friend and shall go into him at midnight and shall say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. That's inconvenient. Why in the world couldn't he work for those loaves? You with me, right? I'm not really blaspheming this dude, it's not what I'm doing, but we find that a man had a friend who showed up unexpectedly to him. He's weary from his journey, seemingly. He's desiring to be fed. He needs some food. And the man had nothing to offer his friend and found himself in a in a desperate situation. Yes. And so in our modern society, it's unlikely that we would be troubled by this particular situation. and understand that. But, but it does re- reveal a, a truth that's never going to change. Trouble comes in all varieties. We understand that. And... In that, it's not it's not picky. It don't care who you are. It's not a respecter of person. Trouble's going to come. And trouble is something we all have, and it's something that none of us want. But many times our lives are running smoothly, and everything seems to be going fine. And then out of the blue, here comes trouble. And it has been said that we were either in the midst of a storm, you know, coming out of a storm or fixing to go in one. And that's just true. Trouble comes with living. Job chapter 14 verse 1. Man that is born of a woman is uh, short of days and full of trouble. I mean, it's uh, it's just simple. It's simple. It's simple. And and he said, uh, I think actually Job... There's another part of Job, Job 5, 7, I don't know. Job 14, 1, I don't know if that's what it says, but I'm telling you that there's another verse in the book of Job uh, that says uh, trouble comes to those who are born of a woman uh, and full of trouble as sparks fly upward. Things Sparks always fly upward, by the way. And so as sparks fly upward, that's going to be your trouble in life. It's inevitable. And I probably, I butchered those verses, but I'm just telling you the truth this evening That there is some times that you're going to be in trouble. And trouble brings us to a place of prayer. And much of what we face is beyond our control. We're helpless of it. And in ourselves, we can't do anything about it. But in times like these, we need to call upon the Lord in prayer. See, this man come to his friend, and his friend didn't have anything for him. what you do then? Thank God for friends that will go to another friend. Amen. It's an inconvenience. It's an inconvenient task, though. Then we notice it's an inconvenient time. It says it's a midnight. Jesus tells us that he showed up in the middle of the night. Clearly, this could not have been a more inconvenient time. I mean, I mean, trouble has come with with its inconvenience it's it's going to, and that is usually the way our troubles come. Yeah. Trouble does not seek a convenient season to visit your house it's not going to but it it even I, i'm sure that you faced a difficult season in your life, and when you thought things couldn't get any worse, they got worse. Yeah. When you failed as if you're facing all you could endure, more trouble came. Man, don't make no sense. I mean, adversity and hardships are facts of life, and we must learn to handle them in the best possible way. Sometimes they come in inconvenient times. You say, Lord, I had more money last week. Why couldn't it happen then? The only way we can ensure that we deal with our troubles correctly is to seek the Lord's guidance in prayer. Amen. It takes Him. Amen, friend. Amen. It takes Him. Inconvenient time, inconvenient task. Then there's an immense tenderness. For alliteration's sake. The trouble that this man faced was not necessarily his problem. It wasn't the problem of a friend. But a friend had shown up in need and he had sought his help out. And sure, it was an inconvenience. But it would have been easier to turn the friend away than try to help him. It would have been easier to turn him away, but the man felt compassion for his friend. And he chose to help him even though it was inconvenient. And I realized that our lives would be simpler and much easier if we chose not to get involved with issues that didn't directly involve us. But many of the troubles that we face do not directly involve us, anyways. But the Bible says in the in the book of Romans, the Bible tells tells us to weep with those that weep and mourn with those that mourn, rejoice with them that rejoice. Hey, man, friend. From our perspective, the the they may not even be that big of a deal. The problems they might not even be that big of a deal, but you know, when a man comes to you and you say, what? You know, i got plenty of food I can give you. <laughs> it might not have seemed that big of a deal to us. Those problems of a friend. But man, an ear is much, goes much better than a mouth. Amen. An ear goes much better, and we need to develop a heart of compassion. Develop a heart of tenderness. Uh, we need to support one another in times of need. Amen. We may be in trouble tomorrow. We might need a friend to lean on. See if they lean on you if they didn't if you didn't have a shoulder to lean on. I just want to let everybody know in here. I feel like saying this. I'll always have an open shoulder. I'll always have an open shoulder to bear the load with you. I promise you. Always. Amen. The desire, design notion, desperate need. Then fourthly, the devotion necessary in prayer. Bible says, and he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. Say to you, though he will not rise and give him because he is, in, is his friend, yet because of his importunity, importun- he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. So these verses tell us that the man made the choice to get involved. Okay? The man, the friend, made the choice to get involved. Then he had to go to another friend. Because he didn't have what the man needed. And so he chose to intercede on behalf of his friend. And in the man's response, we discover much about the process of prayer. Process of prayer and the devotion necessary. That's something we need when we pray. We'll find that prayer involves much more than now I lay me down to sleep. Or, you know, what's the prayer that you pray over your food? Somebody help me. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. I, I don't do that junk. I'm not saying it's a bad prayer. Because God is great. And guess what? God is good too. But why not teach them how to pray? The Lord taught us how to pray. The Lord's teaching us how to pray. The Lord taught his disciples how to pray. You know, he never once told his disciples how to preach. But he taught them how to pray. D.L. Moody. Said that last night, I read that quote from D.L. Moody, where he said, "The Lord never taught his his preachers to pray, but he taught—I mean, to preach. But he taught them how to pray." And I tell you that—that that broke my heart. It broke my heart. We can find the best way to preach, and we can find the best way to do this and that. But man, when it comes to prayer, we need to be taught by the Lord. I see something in this. I. See, there's a ruthless rejection. He says, And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut. You know, he's got his kids in his bed. Joker should have had another bed, but. He said, I cannot rise and give thee. Now, as the man knocked upon the door of his friend, his initial request was rejected. You seeing that? It was late. The friend had no interest in getting up out of bed and helping him. At that time of the hour. According to the verse, I mean, he knew the man. According to the verse, they were friends. But his initial request was rejected. (laughs) I tell you, if you've served the Lord at any length of time, you're aware that our requests are not always immediately answered. Jesus is giving us a parable here that we need to hear. Your requests are not always immediately answered, and it does you see he's given a parable. it's given a man it's, it's becoming so much more into my mind right now too. Uh, and I, I wrote all this stuff down, but it's just becoming more uh, more shown in my life right now as I'm reading this and it's just become the um, light the Lord is shining on it right now and uh, that isn't to say that God doesn't hear the prayers. The Lord this, this friend heard the prayer. He answered the prayer and he said, I cannot. Man. And I say unto you, verse 9, ask and it shall be given you. He's, he's given us a type of how he is. How his father is. You understand that? In and, and, and those situations, we must learn to trust God and depend upon him. We must, but it doesn't mean that we're to give up and to cease to pray. Delay don't mean denial. Amen, friend. There's a ruthless rejection at first, and then there's a reasonable rejection. He said, what is a reasonable? Well, he says, hey, my children are in bed with me. My children are with me in bed, and I cannot rise and give thee. I want to wake my children up. The friend was not necessarily being unreasonable. You don't think so, right? I mean, it was the midnight hour. He'd already shut the door. He'd already turned all the lights off. He'd already, everyone was already in bed. It's not unreasonable. I mean, it's not unreasonable. He would likely have been glad to help at a reasonable hour. The timing was difficult for this man. And friend, there's a a truth that you need to get right here. Everyone may not sense the urgency of our need. Everybody might not sense that it's as urgent as you think it is. I mean, it's just simple. Everyone may not uh, sense that urgency. And those around us may think uh, that we're expecting too much uh, or even been unreasonable. Even been unreasonable. Unreasonable. They might be willing to help bear a burden if it wasn't such a difficult request or such a difficult timing. Huh? I'm hurrying. It's not even, by the way, it's 8 till 7. We've got plenty of time. The world would say to you that there is no use to continue to pray for that loved one after years of unanswered prayers. would say that there is no need to intercede for one uh, who has been diagnosed with a terminal illness. It's just going to go away and they're just going to die. Well, forget about that family that's in need. There's been too much done and then God God can't put that back together. For many, these seems like practical objections could I remind you, we serve an extraordinary God that's not on our scale. Amen, Amen, friend. Amen, friend. Uh, We serve one who is not limited by man's doubts, by man's fears, uh, by man's consequences, none of those things, and he is well able to meet our need, whatever it may be. Can I just tell you tonight, I don't care what you learn out there, prayer changes things. Amen, friend. But it was a reasonable rejection. He said, "Hi, it's late, dude." I mean, I've had people call me in the middle of the night. You know, when they called me, it was, it seemed unreasonable. But man, the, the compassion that you got to have in that situation—you're like, I might need them tomorrow. I've had people who left this church that called me in the middle of the night, saying, "I need you." Does that make me say, "Oh"? No, I can't help you. No. that wouldn't be like Jesus. Because we can read on a little farther. There's a relentless request. He goes on. And it says. For a friend of mine. In his journey is come to me. And I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say trouble me not. Verse 8. I say unto you. Though he will not rise. And give him. Because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise. Hang tight. This friend did not get up. This friend did not help this man simply because they were friends. He wouldn't have uh, he would he would have liked to have rolled over and went back to sleep, seemingly, right? He would have liked to do those types of things. It wasn't the friendship that brought the results, it was the persistence of the man that was in need. You seeing that? He continued on. He didn't leave when he said no. God has given us an example here of prayer. What we need to do. He didn't leave. It was the persistence and his importunity. Importunity made the difference. And this literally means persistency. It means demanding God. It means relentlessness. That's what that word means. And the man was determined to provide for his friend. He would stand there all night long for his friend telling you, man, continually knocking on the door if that's what needed to happen. He was relentless. He was relentless with his request. And we need those who will be relentless in their prayer. Amen, friend. We need those who will commit to persistency in prayer until the Lord answers their request. I keep a book. I keep a piece of paper in my Bible. And I keep a book of prayer requests that have been answered. And I'm thankful for those. Because when you get in times of distress and times of trouble and times of doubt, You can go look back and see that God's been faithful before and he'll be faithful again. So it's important. It's important. And God honors faithfulness. And God honors prayer. And there's no exception to that. God will honor it. We live in an age of instant gratification. Instant, I mean, it's just instant joy, instant everything. You've got to have it on the instant. I mean, I've been a preacher for three, I've been a pastor for three and a half years, going on three and a half years now. And you can't tell me there hasn't been days where I wanted to have a mega church. You know what I'm saying? But things don't come overnight. I've talked to too many people and seen too many people realize that. Okay, it took me years to get here. not saying I just want to be like somebody else. I'm going to be where God wants me to be if it's here for the rest of my life. With just you. What I'm telling you is that God honors the faithfulness. We've grown so accustomed in this world to immediate results. And I'm telling you, we need to determine to remain committed to that prayer whatever the cause until the Lord answers the request. It's important. Amen. If You want to see God save your loved one? Tell Him every time you want to see Him save your loved one. Amen, friend. We see at the end there's a resulting reach. Resulting reach. He will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Jesus said, this is the same man that wouldn't get up out of his bed two verses earlier. Jesus said that he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Friend, the persistence and the commitment of the man eventually paid off. You are with me tonight, right? The friend rose and gave him all that he needed for his friend. But if he would have stopped praying, what if that last prayer that you said, I'm done praying this prayer, what if that last prayer would have been enough? Just telling you, friend. the friend rose up and gave him what he needed. He didn't supply a portion of his need. He gave him all that he needed plus some. James 5 verse 16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You may feel as if you have you have prayed and prayed, and yet there's been no answer for your family, no answer for your friends. Now, now, now is no time to abandon. Amen. Now is not time to abandon the ship and just say, Well, I'm done praying for that. Now is not time to do all that. God may be able, by, God may be about to, ready to open the doors of heaven, open the windows of heaven, like He said He would. He might be ready to pour out a blessing for you, He might be ready for it. There's devotion that's necessary to prayer. Amen. Lastly, I'm done. There's the demand now for prayer. The demand now for prayer. And I say unto you, asking it shall be given you, seeking you shall find, knocking it shall be opened to you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. To him that knocketh it shall be opened. Now, the time for prayer, friend, is now. It's right now. We're encouraged to ask. We're encouraged to seek. We're encouraged to knock. Each of those verbs speak of a continual action. We need to continually do them. Amen. Amen. It's an ongoing process. We see there's a faithful prayer life here. He said, "Ask, and it shall be given you. For everyone that asketh receiveth." That's very simple. But also, it's extremely profound. We cannot expect God to answer prayers that are never prayed. I mean, you can't pray for a hole while holding a shovel either. We need to learn to ask the Lord for our needs. Simply take it to the Lord in prayer. And and He desires us to come before Him. With our needs and an attitude of faith, man. He desires for that, believing that he will hear and answer those prayers. He desires that. What does James chapter 4 say? You have not because you ask not. 1 John five fourteen, the Bible says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. It's very important. It's very important. A faithful prayer life. Be faithful to it. Then there's a fervent prayer life. The Bible says seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. He that seeketh findeth. So the Bible says. This reveals seeking with the purpose of finding. When I go to God, I'm not going to God and not expecting Him to do what I ask Him to do. It's not a boastful way. I go to Him in fear and reverence, too. But I'm telling you, it reveals commitment and a sense of urgency. I need, I need it now, Lord. And it presents the idea of seeking diligently for something of great value. And We know that God has exactly what we need and the ability to make it possible. We know that we have committed the the keeping of our eternal souls to Him. And yet many times we lack confidence in His ability to provide for our needs. We must seek the Lord in prayer. We must. We must be fervent in those prayer lives. Real. Then there's a fulfilling prayer life where He says, Knock and it shall be opened unto you, to him that knocketh it shall be opened prayer requires practice it requires passion but it also requires patience we must intercede at the door of faith until that door is going to be opened for us we knock at the door doesn't mean he's going to open it today. A friend, he might open it tomorrow. God will reward the faithful, the fervent prayers with fulfillment. And it's very important. His answer may not be what we desired or expected. It might not be what we desired. It might not be what we expected. It might not have any of those things. But it will always be, always be what we need. It might not be expected, but it'll be what we needed, and that's what you and I need to realize tonight, friend. We need to realize that he 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 may even deny our requests, but remember when God says no, he has a better yes. Amen, friend. If we will continue to knock, God will eventually open the door of his blessings. It's so important to get this prayer. It's so important to get this, but I tell you tonight, and I'm done, prayer is the most effective and efficient tool that we have in our life. It's the most one. Is there a need that you have tonight? Have you prayed and prayed, and yet there's been no answer? Don't give up. Don't give up. Continue to pray. The door of God's grace may be about to open. It may be about to open. And I want you to know that tonight. Because you never know what God's going to do. Because the simple fact is, we need to come to the Lord. We need to say, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. I'm done, Lord. Lord ask you, God, to please help each person in here tonight. If there be anybody that needs to pray around the altar, Lord, they can come now. We ask you, dear God, in the name of Jesus, that you would please help us, Lord, to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach each one of us to pray and realize that there is profit in prayer. Lord, that we can call upon the name of the Lord any time, any hour, any day of the week. And call upon the Lord and say Thank you Lord To uplift your name Or to uplift the things that you've done Lord just ask you for anything Ask and it shall be given you Lord we believe that Lord teach us to pray In full faith Lord In full faith teach us to pray Lord teach the men of this church to pray Teach the ladies of this church to pray Lord, that we wouldn't get called up in so many different things. But, Lord, we cannot do anything without your move and without your hand. And, Lord, we got to call out to you and ask you to do it for us. We pray, God, that you would move in our midst. Help us, Lord, uh, to just follow you as we do all things, Lord. We give you the honor, the glory, the praise, and the thanks. Lord, you have been mighty good to us. You've been mighty faithful to us, Lord. I thank you for the cross of Calvary. I thank you for the blessed hope. I thank you for the glorious appearance of Jesus Christ someday, Lord. I thank you for the mediator, the advocate, Lord, in Jesus Christ. Lord, He's been so good to us as He died on the cross for us, Lord, and paid our sin debt and did all those things. Lord, I'm I'm so thankful, Lord, he rose again for us so that we didn't have to die, so we could rise one day. I'm thankful for that. I pray God you'd help us in every way. We'll give you the praise. We give you the thanks. Lord, help us to apply these words that have been preached to our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name.